Ow. Yee? Let's talk about some stuff. Yeah. Got a lot of stuff to talk about. Mm-hmm. Places to go. People to see. Things to talk about. <laughs> That's how that goes. Yeah. Welcome to this week's episode of the Season Labor Checkup OVA. It's a podcast where we have conversations about video games, anime, and manga. Hello, I'm Jared, joined as always by Doc, Al, and Ladium. Hello. This is episode 190 of this whole dang podcast. Dang. We're going to talk all about how baseball's back and how it's about to be shut down again. I mean, it probably just should be. You're not wrong. But instead, we're going to talk about other stuff. <laughs> like our friends at Microsoft. They held a thing last week. Yeah. They held the their Series X games showcase doohickey thing. Uh, this is an expansion upon the thing they did a few months ago that was mostly just third-party stuff that everyone was like, this is completely terrible. Why did you do this? There was no gameplay in any of these videos. <laughs> Please don't do that again. And then this time, they're like, oh, hey. Y'all want to talk about that Halo? And everyone's like, ooh, Halo. Halo. Uh, they also talked about some other stuff as well. So, uh, probably should get this out of the way. Didn't talk about price. Didn't talk a date. No, I, I was explaining to my brother, basically, like, Sony and Microsoft are playing, like, a weird game of chicken at this point. It is, like, it is the Cold War of video game releases. It really is. It's like, who's going to press the button first? Who's going to do it? Uh, they also didn't talk about, like, their their second system that's supposedly in development that's going to be, like, lesser powerful, less powerful, that's the right words to use, than the Series X, so nothing on that. But I think they're doing like, something in august as well which i think this is now august when we put this episode out it is indeed august so sometime something this month or since september they gotta i mean they gotta talk about something until november when these are supposed to allegedly going to be coming out most likely that's what you would think at least uh they did a pre-show which i did not watch because i did not wake up in time for it where they uh they showed off that dragon quest 11 is coming to the xbox which i believe is it's it is the version the enhanced version, enhanced, big quotation marks about enhanced, that the <laughs> Switch got. So it's a port of the Switch version. Oh, God. Which is a real weird way to do That's it. That's a choice. Yeah. Uh, this is coming out December 4th for PC uh, and Xbox. I think PS4 may be getting it as well. Which, again, is a weird choice. Uh, it's going to be on Game Pass, so probably a better way to, to play that. Um they showed a game called Exomecha. It's a free-to-play competitive FPS game that's coming to Xbox One Series X in 2021. Uh, they showed something called Echo Generation from the makers of Riverbond, which I don't know what that is. It's probably an indie game. It's coming in 2021. There you go. <laughs> uh, Hello Neighbors getting a sequel. There you go. And then uh, what? Uh, the co-creators of Nights Into Dreams and Sonic the Hedgehog are teaming up with Square Enix. Oh, boy. To create a new 3D platformer called Bal in Wonderland. Supposedly coming out next spring. Uh, right. It will be out for the Xbox Series X, PS5, Xbox One, PS4, Switch, and PC. So, sure. And then we got to uh, the, the, main, the main show. Where they opened up with a little game called Halo Infinite. It's the Halo. It is Halo. It is open world Halo. Which is a little bit interesting. Uh, nice. They say it's going to run at 60 frames per second, which it should. It is a next generation game. Um, and then once they showed it and then showed off some screenshots of it, everyone was like, this doesn't look like a next generation game. <laughs> oh, no. Like, it looks like a, like a really good game that you would be able to play on an Xbox One, which this game will be coming out on the Xbox One or the PlayStation 4. It's not coming out on the PS4. But yeah, like compared to what <laughs> Sony showed off at their thing, like this doesn't really look like a next generation video game, which is a little weird. Like I don't think, like I don't think it looked terrible. It just it what didn't have like the pop you would expect from like, oh, this is this is what the next generation of consoles is going to have. So it's a little weird and interesting. Uh, I think also as well they've they've talked about how like they're going to make this more of like a live game where they're going to just constantly update it with like new story and stuff instead of doing sequels 
So, like, it's going to be just a long-form running game throughout the next three to four or five years, however long they want to keep supporting it. It's kind of weird. Yeah. But, I mean, Halo 4 and Halo 5 did not set the world on fire. No, that's true. So, got to do something different. Uh, they showed off a, an announcement trailer for State of Decay 3, the third State of Decay game. Uh, thankfully, unlike the State of Decay 2 announced trailer, they didn't show people, like, getting or zombies getting cut in half and stuff like that. Yeah. It was just like, oh, hey, here's some zombies in, the, in a windscape. I think that was the one that, like, really messed me up. That was I... the one that really messed you up. Yeah, I remember one of them was like, uh, uh. Yeah, that was, that was that, definitely that. This definitely had the feel of, like, this was their E3 press conference. Because it was uh, a lot of, like, trailer, 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 trailer type of thing. Sense. A lot, not a whole lot of gameplay shown through this. Mm. Uh... The next iteration of Forza is coming to the Xbox Series X. It is called Forza Motorsport, no number. Which is a little weird and interesting. Hmm. Uh, they showed some cars racing around Laguna Seca. It looked good. It's Forza. It's car <laughs> Them cars looked good. It's about exactly what you would expect. That's what uh, you want out of a Forza game, right? Yeah, pretty much. Um, they showed a new trailer for Everwild, the new game from Rare. Mm -hmm. Um, supposedly they said I think during this press conference it was coming to the Xbox One along with PC and Series X but now I think it's not coming to the Xbox One which is a little mm. a little bit of a bummer and it looked interesting like a lot of like you and some being able to like, befriend animals and have them help you do stuff kind of thing oh um, I love befriending animals it looked cool but they didn't really show a whole lot of like explaining what this game was ah which is a lot of what this 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 whole press conference was. Uh, they showed the the latest game from Dotnod. Tell me why. Uh, the first chapter of that game comes out October twenty seventh, which I am very interested in in playing and seeing. Mm -hmm. uh, they announced that Ori and the Will of the Wisps is coming to or is going to be optimized for Xbox Series X, where you could play it at four K in one hundred and twenty frames a second. <laughs> it seems so unnecessary. Like That's, what a weird flex for that game. It's it's very weird because like, it's that is an announcement specifically for people who have who only play on consoles. Because if you have the PC version, you could probably just do that right now. But we'll That's get in, we'll get into a little bit of like some of the way their messaging is been. Uh, they showed a little bit off of Grounded or some more of Grounded, the Obsidian adventure game where you're like little kids and being chased by insects in the backyard. Which that game is actually out in early access today as we were recording this. Um, they showed a giant spider eating a child, and I was like, no. No. But apparently that game has an arachnophobia like meter or like a uh, slider on it, so you could like turn it down and just like oh, here's some blobs coming after you. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually like, a really cool idea. Yeah. Like I would appreciate that with like a shark slider. Instead of like a sharky in the water, it's just like a blob. <laughs> It's just a giant fish with googly eyes on it. <laughs> you know what? I would take that. If I had an option for sharks or anything I'm afraid of that, like, I can click a button and say, like, I have a fear of this item, and it turns it into, like, a version with googly eyes, and it's, like, cartoony or something, I would click that every time. Seems pretty good to me. Yeah, like, can you imagine if you get, like, goofy spiders with googly eyes in, in games? I still, like still hate them. Still hate them. But if you clicked a button and did that, it would be much better than... Realistic spiders trying to get you. I don't want bloodborne spiders coming after me. That was the the most terrifying thing I've ever had to deal with in a video game because it was like super realistic big spiders coming after me and they were all running after me and I was like ah. No, no, I would want cartoony ones with googly eyes. Uh, the Outer Worlds is getting DLC. Coming out September 9th. It's called Peril on Gorgon. 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 So yeah, more of that game if you want to play that. Uh, and then Obsidian finished off with a new, brand new, a new brand new, in case you were not aware. Uh, <laughs> they're, they're working on another RPG. It is a fantasy game called Avowed. And it's just like, hey, what if Obsidian made an Elder Scrolls game? <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Uh, they showed off a new game called As Dusk Falls. It is an interactive narrative game. It had, like, do you remember the movie A Scanner Darkly? Yep. It has that kind of look to it. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, it looks, 
if you looked at it like, the right way, it looks like it's like realistic, but also like it is very much an art style. So it's very interesting to look at. Um, Destiny 2 is coming to Game Pass in September. So if you want to play Destiny 2 and all the expansions, you can do that with a Game Pass. Uh, they're making a new Stalker game called Stalker 2 for PC and consoles because sure, why not? <laughs> <laughs> the world needs more weird Eastern European first-person shooters. <laughs> That's what I'm here to tell you. Uh, they showed off some more of... Uh, Hellblade 2, which is like, hey, this game's going to be in Iceland. And like, okay, cool. All right. Uh, Psychonauts 2 had a like, gameplay music trailer where Jack Black sang a song. And was like, hey, I'm in this game. This is not Brutal Legend 2. <laughs> it's a shame. Brutal Legend 2. Or Brutal Legend was great. I would play Brutal Legend 2. Also, Psychonauts 2 got pushed back to 2021. Mm-hmm. Uh, they showed off a new game from the SteamWorld people called The Gunk. <laughs> Great name. Yeah. Uh, that is an Xbox exclusive coming in 2021. Uh, Tetris Effect is coming to the Xbox One and Series X. It's going to have a multi new multiplayer mode where you can play it and be like, I'm just tripping <laughs> over here. Uh, and I think it's coming to the other, like, it's coming to PC and PS4, like, in next summer or sometime down the line after they delayed exclusive exclusive exclusivity deal. Uh we got a new trailer for Crossfire X. You'll get caught up in the Crossfire. Uh, that <laughs> that uh, very popular in Korea first-person shooter, but it's also getting like a single-player campaign made by Remedy. What? Which seems real weird. Also, you can't have a video game press conference without a slowed-down melodic cover of a popular song. Oh, God. What did we get this time? Oh man, just this game's called Crossfire X. Mm-hmm. Think of a song that you might think of like, here's a popular song. Let's slow it down and make it for a first-person shooter. Well, hang on, hang on. I'm, I'm hearing something. Oh, it's a knock at the door. Knock, knock. Open up the door. It's real. Oh no. DMX is X gonna give it to you, but slow down and melodic. <laughs> What? Why? <laughs> Great question. But it's a real thing that's happened. You know what? If there were any game that was going to have that, it should have been Resident Evil 2. <laughs> 1,000%. I agree with you. I hope we get a cross... A, a, someone just redubs a Resident Evil 2 trailer with that, with that song. I hope so. Oh, boy. Uh, moving on. There's a new Warhammer 40, 40k game. Uh, this is from the makers of Vermintide, which was like kind of like a Left 4 Dead style game in the Warhammer universe. Uh, but this one is like more futuristic setting and all that stuff, which, sure, okay. That's going in 2021. Uh, they're making an expansion or a new version of Fantasy Star Online 2. Yeah, this was a weird thing. Like, you brought that up, and I'm like, uh, what? Yeah. Like, I don't know if it's, like, an actual, like, a reboot, like, a Realm Reborn-style thing they're doing, or if this is just a really huge expansion that changes the gameplay and stuff. Like, I'm not exactly sure on that, but, like, that's coming out next year. And also, you have to think, like, Fantasy Star Online 2 is a decade-old video game, even though it just came out in the United States, finally. So, like, I mean, I guess if you wanted to overhaul it, because, like, it has so much weird stuff over it, throughout the years and how much weird content they put out in Japan and everything like I guess you do that but also why not just call it Fantasy Star Online 3 at that point <laughs> yeah no kidding I don't know uh, they showed a new trailer for The Medium where you can play in two different realities at the same time what it's actually, it actually looks kind of cool but yeah uh, that's coming to Series X sometime who knows? Uh, and then they ended with the lead, one of the worst kept secrets in all video games. Uh, they're making a new Fable game. Yep. From the creators of Forza Motorsports. <laughs> so yeah, that's the thing. No date on that or anything, which seems real weird because I mean people have been talking about that for like a year or two now. So, who knows? But they're making a new Fable game. Yay! Yay! That was the Microsoft showcase. It was, like, it, I think at best, it's fine. But again, like, a lot of these games, 
you you look you look at them and be like, I could play that on a current gen console. Nothing really like blew you away in the way that like the PS5 stuff did. Yeah. But again, like I think this is more of a lot in line with the what Microsoft is trying to do, and that they don't really care if you buy their new console. They want you in their ecosystem. They want you to to buy Game Pass. They want you to be playing games on a, like on a PC, on an Xbox One, on an Xbox Series X, on a phone with the, their X Cloud support and all that sort of stuff. As long as they're as long as you are giving them money, they don't care, they don't care where, where where you're playing your games at. Which is like obviously it was kind of that became the the mindset coming out of this generation where the PS4 kind of blitzed them, but. They are clearly holding strong to that mindset going forward and thinking like this is with with how popular Game Pass has gotten and like how much more goodwill they've gotten over the years since the 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 disastrous launch of the Xbox One Xbox One. Like, mm-hmm. is it interesting to see like how how the the way they are positioning themselves moving forward and just basically being like, yeah, we got this big console that you know it's going to do it's going to run your games really well, but like. You don't want to buy it at launch. That's fine. We have multiple avenues for you to play our games. That's that. While Sony's just like, "Hey, you remember the PlayStation Four? We made another one. It's called the PlayStation Five. You know what it does? <laughs> <laughs> it plays the video games. So yeah, like it's it's interesting. Like, I still think once we finally understand price points." that's going to be the big shift. Mm-hmm. But for now, like it is very intriguing just to see like the very different approaches Microsoft and Sony are basically bringing to this next generation. But for now we wait again and see sometime in the near future. Maybe, maybe they'll just, they'll just shadow launch these and be like, Hey, they're out now. Here's the price. All right, go. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I mean, at this point I would not be surprised by that. I mean, it really is mm-hmm. like every other generation we knew dates we knew pricing at this point you could pre-order yeah. a console right now right like we're we're at august and we still don't have any of these details we can't pre-order it like, we are potentially three to three and a half months away from these consoles coming out potentially mm-hmm. the world's still on fire yeah i mean i'm i'm wondering if they're even going to come out this year at this point yeah Which, I mean, like, I wouldn't blame them if they didn't because, like, everything is a nightmare. But I would rather them tell us now. Do you think it's a possibility that we see these consoles launch in other territories and the U.S. gets gets a delayed launch? Like an old school style console launch. But just because of how terrible this country has basically handled COVID and everything that, like, they're like... I don't think we should have people lining up and doing pre-orders and buying consoles on a date or anything. Well, and also just like shipment stuff because like, yeah, I can't get any shipments from Japan right now Yeah, at all. So like, you know, people don't want to interact with us in any way. <laughs> so, Rightfully I mean, it's, so. it's very, very possible in which case, like, <sighs> Like I said, I would just prefer that they tell us now that it's going to be delayed rather than waiting. Yeah, stop like... delaying the inevitable. Yeah. Not the inevitable like that we know that they're going to be delayed, but just like, just tell us the details about these consoles. Like, come on. Like, if they're coming out this year, tell us what price they're going to be, what date, let us start pre-ordering. If they're not going to be this year, then just tell us. Like, I think that the, well, I was going to say I think the world will understand, but then also, like, I've seen Capital G Gamers on twitter complaining about the tiniest of things and like uh you know press conference gets delayed because of black lives matter and they're like what are you doing this isn't okay like jerk off will someone think of the gamers well please think of the gamers god speaking of the gamers Uh oh there was a big massive nintendo leak over the weekend. Yep, sure was. Which had a bunch of like old prototypes and stuff of like Mario World, Mario Kart, Yoshi's Island, Mario 64. It's a bunch of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. 
I think people are still kind of sifting through this because it's like a bunch of weird, like old, old, old file formats and stuff like that. But like, yeah. this is really neat. But also people are already like, oh, we can't do this. What think about the Nintendo? Nintendo and like, is not your friend. To be fair, there is some stuff in here that is potentially compromising because like some stuff in here has like personal information. Okay, but that stuff should not be dropped. Like, totally, a hundred percent. Like, I completely agree with you. Like, that's that's the that is the only line where it gets real murky. Yeah. Everything like, else, like the the this is the kind of stuff that should be available and and preserved in in some sort of way. Yes, I agree. Or else it's just gonna get lost to time, or or it could be like any other company, Square Enix, where there's like, well, I don't know, we just <laughs> we just overrode them or deleted them because we didn't think we would use them again. Like it's it's yeah. kind of amazing that Nintendo still had this stuff just lying around. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Is it's amazing this kind of stuff even like survived, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's great for a preservation standpoint. Um, Like, in my personal opinion from this kind of thing, like, take out any kind of personal identification stuff, like any names, any phone numbers, any addresses, anything that could, like, be tied to a person. uh, Take that stuff out, drop the rest of it. Like, that's that's no big deal. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I said, Nintendo is not your friend. Like, I would be upset if somebody, like, dumped all of your own personal stuff like you you as in jared hello i'd be i'd be upset if somebody did that because like you are my friend you are a person and i'm not going to be able to i don't have the the means to be like to sue you into the ground right that too like a nintendo could um but like nintendo has been sitting on this for decades at this point and like there's no reason to sit on it at all like Mm. why if, if if you have it like share it for like like you said preservation's sake for actual like just interest sake like looking at the changes that were made that like we were doing that before we even started recording and that's really cool to me to see like how games evolved into what they are now right although like like, prototype yoshi can go away i don't (laughs) like that that's nightmare fuel i mean we're eventually going to get to a point where games are going to be public domain right Obviously, when that is is obviously always always a a mess because of your your friends at Walt Disney. I say Mickey Mouse. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like there's going to be a time when big games like this will become public domain, and then we should be able to have access to the source material, the prototypes, get a better understanding of how these games are made. Yeah. I mean, we should be able to have that in general. Like, I understand, obviously, in the, the 80s and 90s when competition was an incredible thing to the point where companies would hide developers' names in the credits because they didn't want to get poached by a, by competing companies. Right. Like, obviously, then you're probably not going to be like, yeah, let's willingly give out our source material and tell you how we made this game. Like, no, they like, would rather they would rather cut you about now. that. Yeah, this, right. is, this is so much after the fact. Like, none of that matters anymore. No. Let me see the cool stuff that you're hiding, Nintendo. See it. I'll fight Miyamoto if I have to. Let me under that hood. Uh, and one more thing. Yeah? They're bringing back G4. Why? Great question. <laughs> I oh see so... God. So, G4 is probably a big thing for people like our age. Right. Give or take a few years here and there. And I see a lot of people like excited about this. Um, which a is is being redone by Comcast, which was the original owners of G4 to begin with, and then they did nothing with it, and they're basically mm-hmm. like, "Hey, we have esports teams. Why don't we bring back G4?" And then other people who just like are very nostalgic for that era of G4 programming and everything, but like, and I don't think this is going to be like a TV channel. Like this is probably going to no, be like I, a ne- a streaming network type of thing. Yeah, but what does a G4 do in 2020 that you can't get anywhere else on the internet? <laughs> Well, and also, like, I can tell you as someone who, like you said, we're at, like, the age of G4. Like, mm-hmm. we, we were around that. G4 was incredibly sexist. Yeah. Incredibly sexist. And there were so many times that I was watching it that I felt extremely uncomfortable. And so, like, I have zero positive feelings about G4. Mm-hmm. Zero. 
like I'd imagine if you did this like you would probably bring the back catalog back but like I bet rewatching some of that like a rewatching some of that stuff would just be weird because like it's just so far out of context now that like it doesn't really matter yeah and b like I bet a ton of that sh- of that of the programming stuff has just aged incredibly poorly I bet I super bet so yeah like I I I to a degree I understand why people are excited for this but I don't think it's going to be what people think I don't understand I don't see how this does anything that you can't get off of any other gaming site today because most gaming sites have basically kind of pivoted towards a G4 style model when it was on TV of like we have daily news shows or something like that or we have a way to tell you news and all this sort of stuff and we have all these other shows that you can watch like it's very like G4 was very personality driven yeah I mean like and now all, I, everyone else is basically personality driven I can very specifically remember a scene that they did where they like strung a hot dog from the ceiling and had Olivia Munn eat it mm-hmm. and like Olivia Munn, like they treated her like. Shit. There's a lot of people who have like, you know, in the in the years since G4 went away, have basically come out and be like, yeah, they they were terrible to us. Yeah. Um, I know that they said like a few people from like the later editions of Attack of the Show were involved in this, which like that does nothing for me because that was about the time I bounced the heck off of G4. So. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I don't know. Like I said, I have zero positive feelings about G4, yeah. so like this is just an absolute no from me. Yeah, I completely agree. Like, I have no interest in seeing like a new X play because I don't want to see Adam Sessler on a TV screen anytime soon. No, soon, soon. Because <laughs> that dude has just fallen off the deep end really badly. Ugh. And just like everything else, like the back catalog does nothing for me. I don't want to see the 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 terrible Tommy Tellerico show or him trying and make a new show and just try and pitches and television Ugh. console daily to you. Ugh. Yeah. It just does. It does nothing for me. And I, again, I just don't understand what that other than name value, what you would get from a G4 in 2020 that you don't get anywhere else. Like, it, right. It's nothing. And like, again, it's a situation of like, why are people actually excited about it? Because nostalgia, and nostalgia, it's definitely it was it, bad, it was the like, one. I mean, it was the one show or like the one channel on television that that treated video games moderately seriously. Yeah, it's true, but and that was a big important thing in the two thousands when like everyone was like you would watch if you watched anything about video games on TV, it was something on G four, mm-hmm. or it was in the news where something terrible got tied to video games. Correct. So I understand like from that point of view, like oh man, people have like a big nostalgia factor for for g4 and all that sort of stuff but again i don't think any of that stuff would have aged well i don't want to watch any of that old stuff i'm good also you said comcast comcast your your friends and mine uh absolutely screw comcast mm-hmm. so like yuck 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 well, with that all out of the way, let's talk about our featured video game of the program. Feature video game? It's, it's called me, Paper Mario. The Origami King. Here's where everyone's going to complain that this isn't Thousand Year Door. That's that's how every Paper Mario needs to be, even though... Okay. Can I, get, can I rant here for a second? Have at it, buddy. Every time I see anything about Paper Mario, it's Thousand Year Door's fans being like, Why isn't this a JRPG anymore? Yeah. Why are they making them JRPGs anymore? Let's talk facts here. Thousand Year Door came out almost 20 years ago. Correct. Since that time, they haven't made it a JRPG Paper Mario. Why would you think after nearly 20 years, they're going to do another one? Especially because developers of Paper Mario games have been like, yeah, we've been hamstrung basically ever since Thousand Year Door. We can't do the things you want us to do. The developers of this game were like, yeah, we can't mess with the Mario characters or any characters in the Mario universe because Miyamoto won't let us. So we have to create original characters and that's that's it. You're not getting a JRPG Paper Mario game ever again. No. I mean, the closest you will get to a JRPG Mario is just the Mario and Luigi games. Which don't, they, those don't exist anymore either. 
Nope. And those were hamstrung by Miyamoto as well. Yeah. So, like, I just, I don't understand. Like, I get, like, those people, they really want another one of those games, which fair. They, I mean, it's a great game. It really is. But just and complaining every time a new Paper Mario is announced that it's not the thing you've wanted for the last 20 years is does no one any good. It just, yeah. you just look like a whining crybaby at this point. Yeah, I mean, honestly, you have to look at them, like, you have to separate, like, the original two Paper Marios from these Paper Marios. Like, mm -hmm. you really do. And just because the formula is different does not mean that they are bad. Just saying. Yeah. Anyways, do you want to talk about some origami? Tell yeah. me about origami. Tell me about the uh, king of origami. Origami king. Um, origami is hard. <laughs> uh, so anyway, this, this game came out this year, like, what, in July? So this past month. Yes. Um, and it was kind of like a surprise release. Like we got it announced like earlier this year, I think. I think like a month or two ago. Like Nintendo was like, "Hey, we're making this," and everyone was like, "What?" Yeah. What? It was wild. <laughs> and like, oh yeah, so, it comes out in like a month or two. Like what? <laughs> what? <laughs> um. So yeah, it's a. Uh, it's it's a Paper Mario. So essentially, what's going on is that Mario and Luigi they have been invited to the the castle, the Princess Peach's castle, to the Origami Festival. Um, so they get to Toad Town, and then they get to the the castle, and it's a band. And Peach is origami. Also, there's a part with Luigi where he's like, "I don't like this," and I <laughs> I appreciated that. I, I keep I have it now as a uh, reaction image. Um, see, see, this is why middle finger Luigi existed in Super Mario World. <laughs> yeah, He's always exactly. been like this. It's true. Um, so yeah, you end up getting uh, the folded soldiers, which are all of Bowser's minions, have become origami. Um, and Bowser is folded into a square and is clothespinned. Uh, so he's been yelling, you have to save him. And you also rescue a little origami gal named Olivia. And Olivia is the sister of Ollie, who is the origami king and is responsible for all of these shenanigans. Um, so eventually they're trying to escape. Ollie just like takes the castle, puts some streamers around it, rips it from the foundation and then puts it on a volcano. Oh, so this is a Tekken game. Basically. Cool. Bowser is going to take Bowser Jr. and drop him into a volcano. Okay, you're not wrong, actually. And then Bowser Jr.'s son is going to grow up and beat up Bowser, who's now old and has spiky hair. And I mean, then he, once he, we get to the seventh game, you get to drop your son into a volcano with a button press. He, 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 and then Geese he, Howard shows up and Noctis he, shows up. He didn't die, but he did get thrown into a volcano by his dad. Heck yeah! Accidentally. I'm glad this is actually a Tekken game. And not um, a... Yeah, screw Paper Mario becoming a JRPG series. Let's just make it a Tekken <laughs> series. <laughs> That's where the money's at. Oh my god. Uh, so, essentially, Mario and Olivia decide, okay, we have to get these streamers... Woo! These streamers off the castle in order to... Yeah, I to... agree. We need to get these streamers out of the castle. <laughs> um, Mixer's already dead. We can't pay them any more money. <laughs> um, they're, they're now on Facebook Gaming. You have to you have to go through like a, a forest area where the trees talk to you. You have to save Grandpappy the tree. <laughs> what a name. Um, yep. <laughs> <laughs> and uh there's this one right there like a toad camp like it's a little campgrounds for toads and their speakers playing this like really happy music and i discovered when i was there accidentally uh like whenever you're trying to fill your confetti bag because that's one of the mechanics is that there's like little holes all in the world you have to fill with confetti so that it'll like reform itself but you hit trees and bushes and flowers and things like that to refill your confetti. And so I went to hit this tree and then like the speaker fell off and the music stopped and I was like, oops. <laughs> and so every time I went into that little toad camp, I would just like 
knock the speakers down again. I was a little menace. No music for the Teds. No music for the Teds. Um, so yeah, you've got like these big paper mache um, Bowser enemies that you have to destroy. Those are spooky. Spooky. Um, spooky. So uh, the gist of like what you do throughout this game is um, like you're going through the worlds. You you know have your your fights and jazz. Uh, you have to look for um, the question mark blocks, the toads or the teds, if you will. Um, and then you have to fill all the holes that have been created. Uh, so those are like your oh, there's also collectibles, like little little collectibles that you can put in the museum. Uh, so those are your like things you have to look for while you're playing. And the battle system is odd. So from what I've heard, essentially, is that like the battle system, like all the battles are puzzles yes. and not like traditional battles per se. Correct. Correct. So, um, the more Teds that you rescue, um, the more they can cheer for you, but you have to pay them because mm -hmm. they're dirty capitalists. Yes. And when you pay them, they can help you out in terms of solving the puzzles, yeah. which is nice, or heal you, which is also nice. Um, so, how it works is that um, you're set up on like a ring system, and the enemies are spread out on the ring, and you have to line them up either... If you're going to do a jump attack, you have to do them in a straight line, so four in a line. If you're going to do a hammer attack, you need to do four, like two in the front and two in the back. Um, and so you have to rearrange the uh, rings in order to line enemies up. That's how regular battles work. And um, sometimes I would just super screw up those puzzles <laughs> real bad. Um, but in terms of boss fights, they're a little bit different because the way that they work is that Mario starts on the outside of the ring and, um, you have to adjust arrows to move to the center of the ring in order to attack, but you have to make sure that you land on an actual attack circle or you do nothing. Uh, so it's a whole lot of like figuring out your arrows and trying to like collect stuff along the way and just not 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 screw it up. Um, generally, if you pay the toads like 150 coins, they'll give you like a path, like it'll show dots of where you're actually gonna go, and that's really really helpful for these boss fights because <laughs> um, it makes it a lot easier for me to picture like okay, if I'm doing this 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 and this, I can see all right, I'm gonna land on this square. That's what I need because I need to do this kind of attack. Um, so, I mean, it, it, it's interesting in the sense that like, it's new, it can sometimes be extremely complicated for no reason. Yeah. Uh, so that can be frustrating, but, um, I think it's, I think it's neat that they at least like tried to do something different though. Mm -hmm. I don't know exactly like that it's perfect, but it's, it's an attempt. Um, and all the bosses are office supplies. Like, you just fight office supplies. Uh, the first one you fight is colored pencils. Uh, you have to fight rubber band. You have to fight hole punch. You have to fight tape. Scissors. Stapler. I think those are the only ones. Um, so, yeah, you're just fighting office supplies at this point. <laughs> um and you have like some really like charming and neat levels. Um, like the, the Overlook Mountain is kind of just like your generic, here's a Mario mountain. But um, there's a tower at the top that has like a, t a toad cafe and a um, little, little tea area. And so that one's kind of cool. Um, there's a bunch of Teds you have to rescue in the gift shop. Uh, but then, like, the areas keep getting more and more interesting as you move along. Um, each, each area you're going to, you have to find, um, they call them the Velementals. I don't know why they're called the Velementals, but it's earth, water, ice, fire. You have to find all those. I thought it was, like, a weird pun on development. 
Developmental with a V? No, development. Why? Because the way it sounds. Oh. Hmm. I just thought it was a like weird way that they were saying elemental. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I didn't know if um, it was like they were trying to say develop. Mm-hmm. In a weird way? I don't know. But um, you end up solving a lot of different puzzles based off of these. And so um, once you defeat the elemental, then Olivia can read a book and learn how to like fold herself into that elemental. <laughs> uh, so like when you fold Olivia into the earth elemental, which is a giant turtle, um, she ends up just grabbing like some pom-poms and dancing around as it's. <laughs> Uh, which helps eventually, depending on what you're doing. But um, those elementals also help you solve puzzles. Um, so the first area, like I said, kind of generic mountain. The second one is um, like you go to this really neat like autumn area. Like the the leaves are all red, orange, really pretty, um, and that leads to a uh, a river rapids area that you have to go through that leads to a theme park is it like japanese themed shogun theme park it is actually really fun that's a really really clever area um i enjoyed that quite a bit um you have to like free the park employees and i was showing you at one point they have like the the samus mask and they have the Mm -hmm. dk mask they have the goomba mask that you just pick up and run around in. It's really fun. <laughs> um, you also at one point pick up a, um, I always say it wrong, Bob-omb, Bob-omb, Bob-omb. 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 Um, he can't remember anything. He doesn't have a fuse. Olivia can't remember his name, so she just calls him Bobby. <laughs> and uh, so he, he runs around and helps you. Um, he's kind of like lazy. Sometimes he'll just miss when uh, he's attacking. What if they named him instead of just Bob or Bobby? They named him Bob. We had a baby. It's a boy. What? <laughs> Do you not remember those classic? What, what was it, like ten, ten, two, twenty, or one eight hundred collect commercials? Mm. Oh my god! Hello, I'm here with very, very current jokes. <laughs> Um, so Bobby remembers everything when they, uh, they go to a fireworks festival and things start to blow up and, um, so he's like, Hey, cool. I got my memory. Let's continue on. We got to go to the desert. And so the head of the desert and King Ollie shows up and he's like, no, I cannot allow this. And he throws a giant boulder onto olivia that's rude it is very rude and so bobby's like yo we can't leave her there because like all her folds are gonna be messed up so i need you to take me to the ocean and we got to go find the luxury liner the princess peach and so you you find the luxury liner you have to like go through there's a um oh man what are the little squiddy guys called in Mario. What are they called? Bloopers? Bloopers, yes. There's a blooper you have to fight. It's real fun. Um, and so Bobby ends up finding a safe that is in his room and he explains to you like yeah, so I was on a cruise with all of my, my friends and um, the blooper attacked and all of my friends and I were going to help the Teds and you know, destroy the blooper, and so all my friends blew themselves up and sacrificed themselves, but I got Mars knocked out, and I, was... <laughs> I lost my memory! And, um, so when he opens the box, he's like, this was my best friend's fuse back in the day. And Mario realizes once they finally get there, like, what he's gonna do, and so, like, Bobby puts the fuse in and blows up the boulder and dies! No! He dies! Which is intense. Bobby just like blows himself up to save Olivia. 
And um, Olivia, like, you meet up with her, and she's real sad. She's like, you sacrifice yourself. I can't do anything. I can't go on. I can't do it. And Mario, like, goes to leave. And you hear that they've been uh, salvaging the remains of the boulder. And so Mario's, like, going over the boulder. And you get to talk to Bobby's ghost. <laughs> who's like, okay. you, know what, you know what you should do? You should go put on that Goomba head that makes Olivia laugh a lot. That'll fix it. And it's a... Um, so you move on to the desert, um, get to hang out with Professor Toad, who is, uh, an archaeologist. I don't believe that he's an accredited professor. Ah. He makes some really funny academia jokes that I appreciate. <laughs> <laughs> um, you have to solve a bunch of puzzles involving the giant toad statues. Oh. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I sent you the picture. I was like, I, I don't think that they meant to do this, but Nintendo put a d in this game. And I Kid. honestly, it basically, and I honest to God thought it was accidental. I really, really did. But then when I got the collectible for it, I saw that it was number 69. <laughs> and I'm like, this isn't accidental. This is not accidental. They purposefully did this this is very much not a nintendo decision but a developer decision and being like we're just not gonna show them we put we did this <laughs> and like the collectible at an angle and everything like the way that the feet are done it, it's, it's it's straight up just that's a penis man miyamoto's gonna put the kibosh on paper mario <laughs> after this one as well <laughs> you yeah, want more mario side stories well that ain't happening it's dead jim they put they put a toad in the game and now it's dead forever. <laughs> oh man. Um so by solving all these puzzles you get like the fire of elemental, but also you find this giant temple. When you go to the temple, you see all these Teds with their faces punched out. And it's terrifying. Spooky. It's so spooky. Um turns out that like, you know, hole punches the enemy here. You gotta you gotta save it. And it's real dark, like the boss fight with Hole Punch. Um, like one of his moves will punch Mario's face out and it like halves your health. And you have to like go and recover your face along the rings in order to get that back and still attack him. I was like, Jesus, that's dark. God. Um, yeah, get rid of another streamer. Everything's fine. Uh, then you get to go to the Great Sea and it's literally just Wind Waker. That's really all it is. Like, you have to go from island to island grabbing things. You actually meet the um, the Master Origami Ted. And um, he explains that he is the one who made Olivia... Or he's the one who made Ollie the, the king. And that he had intended for him to be, like, the centerpiece for the Origami Festival. And... Is the king also a boat? No. <laughs> no. Um, but, like, the music is very similar, and, um, like, the way that everything functions is pretty... It, it, it's it's basically a giant Wind Waker reference. Um, I should also mention that there is this, like, running side plot that um, Luigi was originally looking for the key to Peach's castle when you get locked in at the beginning. And so he just continues throughout the game to look for Peach's castle's key, and he keeps finding keys to everything that you need the key to. And he's like, look, I found the key to Peach's castle. And they're like, oh, honey, we need that key, but that's not it. Oh, um, so he does his best. It's really funny. Um, is, is Luigi, are we inferring that Luigi's about to become a Keyblade master? I mean, he does keep finding the keys. Um, also, there's a sea tower, a giant sea tower that you have to use the uh, orbs of power, wisdom, and courage in order to open. So. And they, I did they just really, really like that BAP song. Yes. <laughs> I did really well on power, and I did really well on wisdom. I did not do well on courage. And thankfully, and 
this is like the saddest thing I'm going to say on this podcast. Um, <laughs> after you fail a certain amount of times, so they're like, if you give us money, we will lower the difficulty of this. I mean, I feel like this is very true to life, though. Yeah. You could get through power. You could get through wisdom, courage. You're probably going to have a little trouble. Yeah. Because um, you have to... You have Mario with a rope, and you have to let oh, God. it. <laughs> you have to you have to let it go, and um, there's an object falling from the ceiling, but you can't see it, and you have to hit the like A button in time so that it is below the arrow, but it does not smash Mario. What if you did a half A press? <laughs> I don't know. But I kept screwing up, and so eventually, like, pay us money, and we will make the arrow. Do you go want? Higher. Do you want? To, do you want? To, do you want a little help here? I, it legit like I failed so many times. It's like, hey, we can help you. <laughs> and basically, the arrow is like at the top of the screen for the rest of them. I'm like, and I still failed once. <laughs> I had to do it again. It sucked. So I have no courage, apparently. Which, you know what? Yeah, you're right. Probably makes sense. <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought it was pretty funny. There was power, wisdom, courage, and you had to open up a giant tower in this the Great Sea. I was like, dang, they're not even trying. Like, that is straight of Wind Waker. <laughs> I was just waiting to pick up Triforce pieces at some point. Hey, I found these weird triangles over here. <laughs> yeah, um, we don't need them. Put them back. You uh after that you end up going to Shangri Spa, which is a spa in the clouds. And you find out that Bowser's castle crash landed in this after the whole events of the beginning. And you get to team up with a uh, comic the wizard guy and Bowser Jr. to try and get into the castle. Uh, the issue is that Bowser Jr. ends up getting beat up at one point, so you have to take him to all the different spas to, like, get his creases out and get him less dirty. And at one point, he, like, hangs out in one of the spas too long and loses all of his colors, so you have to go and find another spa that will bring his colors back. And you end up doing the, the game show that you had to hear me play. Um... And that was that was the thing. I was so glad that I actually survived that sudden death event because I was going to be super f if I didn't. Um, and then you kill scissors. And then you throw your son into a volcano. Yeah! Uh, because you, you're in the, the airship and Bowser's still folded up and everything. You're going to take Bowser's airship to Peach's castle, but... Um, Things go wrong. You have to do some like air fighting. Oh, so it's got and... an airship. So it is JRPG. Yeah, basically, uh, you end up crash landing into a volcano, and because uh, you're attacked by paper airplanes. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, as you're going along, like first, uh, Comex like, no, I will protect everybody, and like stops the the folded soldiers from getting you and then bowser jr at one point is like i'm done with this i'm ready for a fight and he just like turns around and starts fighting all of them and then gets engulfed by them bowser's like no my son <laughs> um but eventually you end up at the top of the volcano and you get to peach's castle which then gets folded in origami castle Whoa. um which this castle is actually really interesting. And um, at one point you have to fight Stapler, which Stapler is a tough boss. I, I would have really thought really tough. for that boss, you would be able to say that was easy. You'd hit a button and it would say that. Nope. <laughs> nope. Staples did not help me here. <laughs> um, in fact, if you get stapled in this, not only does it do like 70 points of damage to your HP, but also you can't move. Well, yeah, you're it stapled. sucks. You're stuck. It's, it sucks real bad. Um, but once you defeat Stapler, it turns out that that's what was keeping Bowser in his little square form. So you can like hit him with a hammer and he'll pop back into his regular form. 
Um, and we get to go confront King Ollie, and he's put Peach into a mural, so he's unfolded her, and she's a mess. Um, and he has decided he has like all these 99 paper cranes and he's like i am one away from 1000 and that gives me the ultimate power and a wish is that the same as having 99 love balloons yes it's also the apocalypse okay um and so he he um he he basically hates toads i mean who doesn't (laughs) So he hates toads. He wants to destroy them. And so he's trying to fold the thousand paper cranes so he can destroy toads. Finally, a real hero. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so you find out that the reason he hates toads is because the origami craftsman wrote on him. That he, he wrote something on, on Ollie. And so he says that that was disrespectful. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So you end up fighting Ollie. And essentially you have to redo all the developmental battles um there's actually a really cool fight here that bowser's just like you know what screw this olivia i'm gonna fight this guy and she's like wait wait wait. let me refold you so that you can become giant bowser and so you basically have to have like a sumo wrestling fight with (laughs) bowser and ollie good um and so mario has to like get behind bowser and like hammer so that like bowser can push him forward a little bit further (laughs) It's such a fun fight. Um, yeah, eventually you, you you beat Ollie and he's dying and uh, he asks Olivia. Well, oh, also he reveals that he's the one who folded Olivia and brought her to life. So that's important. He wanted her to rule alongside of him, but um, she she did the opposite of that. Um, so anyway, uh, he's he's dying and he's like, hey, can you tell me what the the origami craftsman wrote on me that'd be cool um it's just a d- <laughs> <laughs> uh he he wrote that uh he wished that ollie would be a good king because ollie was going to be the king of the origami festival so he's like well not anymore i screwed up real bad uh i think i need to solve this issue so what i want you to do is i'm gonna die and I need you to fold me into the last crane and get the wish. And um, so, you know, one of the funny things about this is Olivia's like, I don't know how to fold a crane. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, so the origami craftsman shows up. And is like, I can teach you how to do this. Yay. That was my best Ted impression. Um, so once Olivia folds a, the last crane, she wishes that. All the origami that King Ollie folded uh, goes away. Which also means that Olivia goes away. Olivia dies! <laughs> um, and everybody celebrates the origami festival at the end. Like, the residents are all there, Bowser's there, all the minions. Our friends are dead! <laughs> Mario, Luigi, Peach, and Peach at one point shows up next to Mario. She's like, so that girl that helped save me, that, that's pretty cool, right? <laughs> like, what? 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 Um, no, dog, she's dead. Yeah, she's super dead. Um, See, so yeah, that's essentially like the gist of the, the plot of this. And one of the things that's always been really good about the Paper Mario series is that the writing of it is very clever and has like some some really good puns and stuff like that within right. it. And Which I think is like kind of why people were maybe a little bit more tentative about this one is because like the last one was not good in terms of writing yeah the last one was not as charming um color splash was definitely not as charming but this mm. one was very charming in terms of the writing and the jokes and um like i i genuinely enjoyed the writing of it i didn't enjoy all of the gameplay mechanics um which you know because you were talking to me while i was playing it but um yeah i mean i would i would give it like a seven out of ten it's it's still a solid game. Mm. Like I, I I liked it. I had fun with it. I uh I got almost all the collectibles. I got all but one because it's like, hey, you want to do a boss rush and get the last collectible? I'm like, absolutely not. Thank you. So I probably have like ninety eight percent of the game completed in terms of collectibles and stuff like that. Yeah. Which isn't bad. No. 
Um, but I was like, yeah, no way. I'm not doing a boss rush. Screw that. <laughs> um, and, like, you can buy items that help make the ring battles a little bit easier. Um, but, I mean, by the time that you pay the Teds, and you can buy more time if you run out of time in terms of, like, spinning the rings and all, like, it just gets to be a lot to deal with. Yeah. And so, like, after going through the entire game and doing, like, the random battles and the boss fights and everything. It's like, you know what? I, I can live with just being done with it. Like, I don't have to get that last one. I don't have to I don't have to be a completionist on this one. Um But I mean, like, it it is genuinely it's a good game. It's a fun game. It's it's got a lot of the same charm of like the Paper Mario's. It's not a JRPG, it's never gonna be a JRPG. Um, stop wishing that it would be a JRPG because it won't be. Um, so you just have to think of it, like, as what it is now. And it reminded me a lot in terms of, like, these games of the one that was on the Wii. And I genuinely really liked that. I think that was Super Paper Mario. Yeah, Super Paper Mario was on the Wii. I played that game. I liked it a lot. Yeah. And I thought that was very fun. And this reminded me a lot of Super Paper Mario, which, in my opinion, is a... It's pretty high praise. Yeah. Um, so... That's that's my thoughts on the Origami King. Cool. Um, it's also really pretty. Like it's a pretty game. Like the way that they do the origami folds and everything is it's very delightful to watch. Nintendo has made like they've they've made like a staple of games now. It's just like, hey, you like crafts? What if we made really cool looking crafts in a video game and made them like really high detail? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's really cool. And so I appreciated it. Like, they actually, on some of the enemies and everything, they're talking about, like, what specific folds are used in order to make that enemy. And I'm like, that's actually really cool that they put that much detail into it. That they're like, oh, yeah, in order to make it look like that, you would need this, 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 and this, and this fold. And I'm like, huh. That's cool. <laughs> like, you wouldn't expect that. Cool. It is cool. Um, I will say that my favorite character was the Professor Ted. <laughs> like at one point they uh, refused to give him the nice room in the hotel. He's just like super mad because, you know, <laughs> he's so disrespected as an academic. And at one point, like they make a big um, archaeological discovery and he's like, I have to go tell the people in my university. And, like, he makes a joke once about, like, how his students, like, would be interested in something. And I think somebody's like, yeah, no, that's not going to happen. <laughs> um, but being who I am, like, having this this little academic character that, like, makes a lot of very relevant jokes that are kind of like a dig at the system. I was like, yep, mm -hmm. I appreciate this. Um and he also is the reason that I had so much money at the end because I just took him to the desert and started digging up bunches of money. As you do. Mm hmm Yeah. So uh he, he was he was a fun character. He teaches you how to do uh, ancient dance at one point. Casually. Very ancient. Um yeah, I mean it's it's there's a lot of detail in this game that makes, like, it's fun to find the little secrets. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, I'd be like, ah, I don't want to do this. It's fun. Well, there you go. Yeah. Paper Mario. 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 Um, also, it's really disturbing that, like, Princess Peach was at one point, like, unfolded into basically like a mural stained glass type thing. I was like, Jesus Christ. But anyway, she's fine now. <laughs> she's Olivia's okay. dead. But she's fine. Sacrifices had to be made. Yeah. Like overall story's good. Writing's good. Music's pretty good. It's it's a really pretty game. Um the only thing that like really was a drag for me was some of the combat. Yeah. But otherwise, I really liked it. Cool. So there you go. That's the Paper Mario. That's the Paper Mario. Definitely worth playing, in my opinion. 
And that's going to do it for this episode. Mm-hmm. So if you'd like more from us, go to SeasonalAnimeCheckup.com or SAC.cool is where you can find past episodes of this podcast and other podcasts like Seasonal Anime Checkup and Jared Now Watch. You can also find columns and reviews on the site as well. Uh, I believe One Shining Moment ends this week. Oh, this snap. forthcoming week. Oh, snap. Unless my dates are, my time, my number accounting is wrong. But it might end this week, so check out all those. There's a lot of them. Al wrote her second piece. It's up on there as well. Did I wrote about Rube? Which everyone's so shocked. So shocked. Like, wow, I cannot believe this. Uh, speaking of Al, you can find more from her at anladium.com. She's got columns and reviews. Yay. You can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash anime checkup. And you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash S-A-C-O-V-A. Buy us a slice of pizza, get access to unedited versions of the podcast early, bonus episodes, all sorts of weird stuff on there. <laughs> Yay! Next week, we will talk about something else. Yep. That's it. What it'll be, who knows? Tune in to find out. <laughs> it's a secret. Even to us. <laughs> Don't spoil that. <laughs>